Do you want to be inspired by other brilliant business owners? Find out how and why they set their brilliant businesses up. Discover some of the triumphs and struggles they face along the way. If so, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Brilliant Businesses Podcast. We interview business owners to find out their story and journey as to how they set their businesses up. We believe that story is an important way of making their businesses shine, and we share those stories on this podcast. Keep building those brilliant businesses. So hey everybody, welcome to a Brilliant Businesses podcast. My name is Nick Bryant and um, I'm very excited today because I'm on a location, um, which is a new thing for me, and I'm on a location at Locke Associates and I'm with Pam Locke. Hey Pam, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good to see you. It's great to see you. So um, Pam has got a company called Locke Associates, which are a, an employment law firm, um, although she's going to tell us a bit more about that. And, um, but to start off, she's going to tell us how she got into doing what she's doing. Um, but so take it away, Pam. Tell us how you got into where you are. Oh, well, <laughs> obviously you can tell from my accent. I'm not from uh, Tunbridge Wells. Um, so I originally did a, an accountancy and economics degree in Dundee University. Worked in, um, as a pension specialist. Okay. It was obviously very exciting. <laughs> and thought, actually, there's even more exciting things out there. And decided to become a lawyer. So I requalified. Well, I did a degree at Edinburgh University Law and then requalified as a lawyer, and I specialised in employment law in oh. Scotland. And uh, then, just as a result of a move down to England, I uh, requalified in England. So I'm quite unusual in that I'm dual qualified. Mm -hmm. And I, I came over the border to uh, work in Newcastle initially, and then gradually worked my way down the East Coast. Uh, so I dropped off in London, and I was a partner in some firms there. And then thought, there's actually a really better way to work, because I think some law firms don't treat their staff well. Yeah. And I'd seen by working as a pension specialist that actually there's some great things you can, you know, ways you can treat staff. So actually what I wanted to do was surround myself with people that I liked working with yeah. and actually treat them as, as best I could and actually look after my people. And so what we've done is actually evolved a business from a, a, an employment law firm to a business that's all about looking after your people, okay. which is really important in the current climate. Mm. Yeah, so I was going to say, it's not just an employment law firm, is it? There's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot yeah, more to yeah. it than that, yes. So we do, we do employment law, and, and we've won awards for the work that we do. And so we have specialists that do that. Um, but we've also extended into more commercial law, because a lot of things that we get involved with, um, although they might start off with some employment element, um, they end up having maybe a corporate aspect to it as well. So, for example, we get involved in quite a lot of director disputes okay. um, or shareholder um, disputes. And and you end up then advising somebody on the shareholder agreement and usually saying to them, actually, you need to get a new shareholder agreement, so we will draft the shareholder agreement. And, you know, once we've got the, the issues resolved, they've maybe set up a new business and we'll do that for them. And in the meantime, if we are involved in a dispute, we're often involved in, in proceedings in court. So mm. we do much more than just simply employment law. And I think a lot of people think employment law might be boring. It's not. No. Um, you get to see some very fascinating scenarios. I can't tell you how many um, <laughs> different situations I've been involved in, including things like mayonnaise jars. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's maybe for another day. Mm. But um, we also have another side to the business, um, which is uh, HR consultancy and well-being. Yes. 
And so there's, we also have a team of HR consultants and nurses that work with us, and they provide uh, a variety of services as well to help businesses from the point at which they're recruiting, starting up, um, up to being you know, a more mature business where they need support with uh, disciplinaries, grievances, and, and we're often the in-house HR team, but effectively outsourced. So we yeah. partner up with the business to provide the HR services they need. Okay. And I guess that's, that works hand-in-hand hand with, your, with your solicitors, with the HR people working alongside them. They can bounce off each other. That must be really, that must be advantageous for you and for your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a one-stop shop. It means yeah. that if we've got a client that's got a redundancy scenario and we can advise them on the strategy from a legal perspective and then if they need the the HR consultants to come in they can come in and handle the whole process for them likewise if they've got a chupi where they're acquiring maybe a new business or a transfer of a contract again they can handle the whole thing so it's seamless because we all work alongside each other we're very team orientated so we include everyone in training so we work in a very consistent similar way Mm. Um, so and we're very much into the values that we all hold so it's all about collaboration you know accountability so it's a great team of people that work well together and therefore deliver fantastic service for the client yeah and you're based here in Tunbridge Wells but you've got other offices I believe we do yeah so um I originally set up in London on my own so I was one of the original working from home people (laughs) in my bedroom and then I got an office up there and then actually just as a result of domestic move ended up in Tunbridge Wells which I'm really pleased about so that was in 2007 and then we had we set up an office in Brighton in 2014 and uh, we're also currently setting up in London as well okay and in your team how many people are there we've got 25 people that we employ we are recruiting okay so we're still looking for marketing (laughs) managers hr consultants and always looking for fantastic lawyers either employment specialists or commercial specialists or indeed dispute resolutions so you know if anyone's looking for a job or thinking about moving we'd love to hear from you okay reach out right there yeah sure um earlier we were talking about um the difficulty that some of your clients get into when they're employing freelancers um and that sort of arena so tell us a bit about that well i mean it's something that i've always been talking to clients about and it it sort of originally i used to do quite a lot of work in tv and media um and that that was there was often a lot of arrangements that i call back of the fag packet yeah right and um (laughs) You know, and, and that, that worked well in that sector at that time. And, and I think there's a lot of people who have still taken that sort of view, that it's a sort of loose arrangement, mm. which is fine when everything's going well. Um, but then when relationships break down, shall we say, yeah. it can get really messy. So, I, you know, I've had quite a few situations recently where clients have got themselves into um, situations where they're having to spend money with you know, with lawyers um, to get advice um, because they just haven't put the documentation in place. And okay. the freelance... Uh, person is saying, well, actually, I don't think I'm a freelancer. I'm not self-employed. I think I'm actually being employed um, or I've been a worker. And if they're a worker, they're entitled to get holidays um, and other, you know, statutory rights. They can actually claim that backwards as well. So Mm. you could be looking at quite significant back payments if somebody was found to be a worker. If they're employed, they get the similar rights, although they've got even more. And they've got then protection from being unfairly dismissed. So if you've ended the relationship and you haven't done it properly, Mm. then you're exposed to claims for unfair dismissal as well. So, of course, when you think you've got a freelancer and you treat them as a freelancer, but actually, ultimately, retrospectively, someone turns around and says, well, actually, like a tribunal judge says, well, they were a worker or an employer, employee. You're in a situation where you could be facing quite significant awards. So, Mm. you know, we're we're trying to get the message out to, to people. You know, if you 
engage freelancers, make sure you got your documentation right. Okay. Um, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't cost a lot. It's well worth investing the money now right. to save you the hassle and the pain okay. and, and potentially higher costs later on. Yeah, I was going to ask what's your advice on that, but obviously there's a, a, a documentation that they can fill out, come to you, make sure that everything's in place for them going forward. Yeah, and um, the other thing is, is we can also give advice on how they should be treating the freelancer. Okay. Because yeah. it's not just simply having a written agreement. That's absolutely critical. Yeah. You need to have the written agreement and it, and it needs to have certain uh, wording in there to protect sure. you. Um, but also, it's really important on a day-to-day basis that you treat freelancers in a particular way. Okay. So we've got some do's and don'ts, which, you know, if, if anybody's listening and wants to find out more about, then get in touch. I'd be happy to give them mm. it. Um, but yeah, it's really important. It's a sort of a, a holistic approach as opposed to just uh, get your documentation in order. But okay. um, you've definitely got to get the documentation sorted yeah. out. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and I guess that sort of moves on to the next topic, which we, what we wanted to talk about was retaining your staff mm. um, and in recruitment and uh, making sure that everything is all lined up so that you know, you, you've, you're providing a good, as a good employer. Yeah, I yeah. mean, at the moment, it's a really challenging recruitment yeah. market out there. It's really tough to find the right people. Mm. It's also very difficult retaining your staff because mm. in a competitive recruitment market, um, you know, they're getting contacted, um, you know, by headhunters. Yeah. Um, they're seeing other businesses advertising, other businesses are reviewing their packages. We're doing quite a lot of benchmarking for clients to make sure that they're, you know, competitive. Uh, so they retain their staff. We're also advising clients on what they can do to look after the staff and retain them. It's not just about salary but that is important and mm. um, we did a recent poll and you know for younger staff you know what attracts them to a business is in the main working conditions it was a 60 40 split between working conditions and salary oh really okay. so working conditions are really important and that means looking at um not just whether you've got nice office space which is important as well but yeah. it's also about how you treat your staff the values that you hold not just having the values set out but actually live in them Mm. um you know and i think it's important to look at your business and think about actually how do you you know how do you treat your staff how do you promote yourself because that will attract other people to join you because Mm. they'll look at you and think this is a nice business to be with i want to be there um so we have been doing quite a lot of work with clients on retaining staff we're doing quite a lot internally ourselves you know just to make sure that we don't lose really great staff um but in terms of recruiting staff um again that's it's important that you are exuding the right image, um, but that you don't just exude the image, that you live the image as well, yes. because there's no point in saying you do something, they come on board and they think, this isn't what yeah. you, know, you said you did. Um, so it's important that, you know, first of all, you identify you've got the right person or, or the right job. You know what job you're trying to fill, yeah. and then you try to, to fill it in the right way. So we've, we're involved in doing quite a lot of recruitment through the HR consultancy side for our clients as well. Right. So what we've developed is a recruitment and retention package because we want to help you recruit the right person, but we also want you to keep them. Yeah. Because, you know, I've heard horror stories of people turning up and, you know, finding out they hate the place and they walk out, you know, within... Well, sometimes on the first day. Really, yeah. You know, you can spend a lot of time and and sometimes a lot of money mm. um, if you re- you know use recruitment agents that are charging quite significant percentages of salary. Uh, you don't want to lose somebody immediately. No. And I know you can get a refund your your costs, but at the same time, you spent quite a lot of time finding them. Yeah. And it's not great for morale in the business either. Mm. So it's really important that it's not just about the recruitment; it's about retaining them. So looking at your HR support, making sure that you've got you know, buddying systems put in place, mentoring, uh, you know, yeah. and, and that 
you actually look after your staff once yeah. they join and, and review how they're doing and support them. And it's getting it right right from the start, isn't it, I guess, making sure all the handbooks are in place, all the procedures in place. Yeah. Um, so moving forward and there's no, you know, there's no holes in the system. Yeah, I mean, most people do definitely look at handbooks now and yeah. look at policies. It's the first thing people do, you know, because they'll because they'll usually look at the policy and then come to you and say, oh, but the policy says this. <laughs> and it, so, you know, I think it's even, you know, there's a number of things that businesses could be doing. One of them is also man- training their staff, um, okay. making sure st- their managers understand what the policy say as well. So yeah. that everybody's clear about how you operate. And, and as a result, you'll end up having a business where people are hopefully very happy because they understand what's expected from them yeah. uh, and they know how you know how you operate because your policies are clear yeah and that has a knock-on effect so other people are going to come along people are going to talk about the business how what a great company they are to work for and that sort of stuff which is good do you um so the sort of clients that you do look after are they nationwide or do you go out of the uk is it, or is, it all, or is it all local or southeast or how does that work we have clients throughout the uk but yeah. uh, we actually also have clients that are, are they Principal bases maybe um, Australia okay. or or in in the European Union or in America, mm. and they've got operations in the UK, um, and we manage their HR function for them in the UK. Sometimes um, we have clients that are going over that have got staff that have moved overseas. Okay, so we're advising on how to then deal with that situation as well. And we've had to do with that deal with that quite a lot. Yeah, um, because um, there's been quite a number of people have decided as a result of COVID to to move and work from home but in somewhere like Portugal or um, you know in some cases New Zealand so you know we're advising on how to deal with those situations as well Mm. because when we met last time we were talking about the the zoom environment now for working that a lot of people seem to be preferring however we were also speaking that 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 can cause difficulties within a business because you can't really see if someone how they're feeling through zoom if you're having a meeting maybe they've got a an HR problem or they've got a um, something that's on their mind. You're never going to get that over Zoom. Um, so that's something you have to deal with as well, really, and advising businesses on that approach. We do, yeah. yes. I mean, I think um, there's definitely some... Um, there's no doubt there's some people that are going to continue to work from home. Yeah, sure. Um, and um, there are people that are work from home on a permanent basis. Um, but I think um, one of the challenges that I certainly found when people were working from home was being able to pick up on a vibe that, you know, somebody is feeling a bit stressed out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people aren't necessarily going to pick up the phone to say to you, Absolutely. this is how I'm feeling. So, you know, we've been doing training for managers to help them be able to manage that situation, identify when someone is feeling stressed, what they should be doing. Yeah. And the other side of it is the well-being side. So what we've also been offering clients is um, the ability to have check-ins that are carried out by our HR um, medical specialists who can then, you know, establish whether somebody is doing okay, they're feeling well, um, and it, and it's a, it's a welfare check-in, yeah. but it's an w- opportunity to talk to somebody who's not your manager. And the, as a result of doing that, you might actually find that there's information comes out about perhaps stuff that's going on in their personal life that may be affecting their performance, but you weren't aware of it because yeah. you're not seeing them in the office. So, I mean, that sort of chiller chat, you know, or cooler chat, as we call it as <laughs> well, um, you know, that, that, that sometimes is missing when you're not, you know, in yeah. the office. And I think, you know, it's really important to find a way to try and, find a mechanism to replicate that if possible mm, yeah, um, yes. if somebody's working from home yeah it's really important really important um so what does the future hold what, what what plans have you got more growth i would have thought of and, uh, well yeah. i think yeah definitely yeah. i mean we continue to innovate we have brought th- you know in the past we've developed some innovative services uh, for clients because we try to 
we see things that are happening or we anticipate trends and we're trying to, to act upon them so we can deliver a great service to clients mm. and you know continue to provide this one-stop shop. So we have some exciting plans that I can't divulge at the moment um, <laughs> in terms of innovations, but also, yes, we continue to expand. But yeah. we have to expand around the right people because people are our business is our strap line, but it's yeah. also what I do genuinely believe. We want to work with great people in a team um, and and enjoy working together, and that means that we have to right have to find the right fit. Um, so for me, it's about recruiting the right people, but it's also about yeah continuing to develop business so mm. they can all benefit, and we can continue to have fun because I think it's really important to have fun at work. Yes, we spend so much time together. Yeah, you've got to have some fun at work. So we have got some exciting plans for that as well in terms of internally what we're doing excellent excellent well thanks pam that's been great it's been a great insight into what you do and how it all started um if, if anyone has any um any requirements for either employment law well-being hr then please get in touch with pam all her details are on the brilliant businesses uh, website and um so thanks pam it's been thank you for, for for welcoming me in here and thank you for joining me on the podcast it's good to see you it's great to be with you thank, thank you, you. <laughs> and um We'll, um, we'll catch you for another podcast soon. Thanks very much.